Welcome to The Screen Queen, the show where I'll be talking about your favorite TV show or your favorite movie. You'll just have to listen to find out. This is your host, Samantha Parrish. Hello there, and welcome back to the show. As always, I am your lean, mean, movie-talking machine, your host, Samantha Parrish. And this is just the gift that keeps on giving as we're getting into the third episode of the Christmas series on The Screen Queen. So... Elf. Elf, 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 elf. I just couldn't get in this movie to save my life. I remember when Elf came out and it was advertised to death. I was too young to know what Elf was. I just see a guy in an elf costume screaming and I'm like, okay, that's all I gotta know. And growing up, Elf never really became sought after in my household. Every family has like that one classic they love or they watch multiple holiday specials. Elf was not one of them because my mom did not like Will Ferrell. She still doesn't have a high preference for Will Ferrell. So it never really graced our holiday traditions. And growing up after I got the chance to actually sit down and watch Elf myself, I'm like, okay, I'm not really too hurt that this wasn't a part of my life growing up. In a way, I'm glad I watched it when I was older because I don't think I would have really understood it when I was younger. And now that I do get like the references and the casting and the trivia and I'm like, okay, I respect it, but it's still not really the jam in my jelly roll. I really wish I could like Elf, but there are certain reasons why Elf isn't liked and a lot of people kind of feel the same way too, where they like certain parts of it, but it can be a little much. And I'm going to dive into all of that for the third episode of the Christmas series. This is Elf. So, as always, I start out every Screen Queen episode with a synopsis. Just in case there's someone out there that has not seen a certain movie because we all can't watch everything at the same time and some things are in our window and some things are not in our window. Elf follows the story of an elf named Buddy who loves to make toys, help Santa, and do everything he can to make it a wonderful Christmas. Even if he doesn't know why, he's taller than most of the other elves. He figured out oh, it's a growth spurt, but he just, he loves to be there. And the cat is out of the bag that he is not an elf. He's adopted. His real father lives in New York City. So he leaves the North Pole to go reunite with his father. And he's just so ecstatic, like, I get to see my dad? Never thinks about, like, why he got to the North Pole, why all of a sudden he was there all these years, why no one ever told him. He doesn't care. He's like, my dad is in New York City. It's a beautiful naivete. But when he does get to meet up with his dad, it doesn't go according to plan. But does it stop him? Absolutely not. Because someone has to bring the cheer for all to hear, and he's just the guy to do it. With some other crazy shenanigans that goes on. But you do get to see the growth for Buddy in the course of the film, and even though it is a film where you do kind of know that Buddy is going to be getting in for a rude awakening about what his father's really like and how reality really works, it is a heck of a journey that Buddy does go on, and I can see why people come back this film every year. It does take some cues from the past Christmas films while also breathing new life for 
a new Christmas film. There isn't anything else that's come out that's like Elf, and if it does try, it's easy to go, oh, well, that's like Elf. Elf did a very good job being a very unique film that is a new classic that we've had in the new millennium. But over the years, people have been very vocal about how they're not giving so much love to this film and really seeing the logic that you're just watching Will Ferrell scream for an hour and 40-something minutes. Even though I, I have to look at the logic that this was Will Ferrell in his Saturday Night Live days. And he is just doing what he does best with his comedic nature, but also with the way that the character of Buddy was written to be so spastic, to be so ecstatic, to be so enthusiastic, and all the other sticks. I mean, he's a a constant uh, ball of energy, and it's great, but at the same time, you're watching a constant ball of energy. That's kind of where things get to be a little bit different for me, where when I've watched Elf and, and Once in a Blue Moon... I'll get a little tired after the first like 20 minutes and recently I did give it a watch just to kind of go through and be like all right well let me just actually watch the damn thing again and see if, if how I feel about this film if anything's changed for me and I still felt the same way about it I like some certain aspects of it but I don't like it enough for it to be a Christmas tradition for me but the one thing that I love about this movie though that makes me want to watch it just for a little bit is Bob Newhart. I have to admit that I'm not too familiar with Bob Newhart's work, but I've always known who Bob Newhart is. And he's often been made fun of. He's one of the few comedians that can make a joke without a cuss word. That is a very rare title to make. And when he first shows up on Elf, I, I'll admit he, it had me in stitches. With the fact that he said he thinks everything so, so, so seriously when he's explaining how he got to adopt Buddy. But I love the buildup that for a hot second, it's just like, oh, I wonder who's going to adopt Buddy. And he just goes, and then there was uh, me, an elf, who had uh, always wanted children, but then gets all busy with work that he forgot to get married. So, and then you see him go, Santa? And he pipes up to adopt Buddy, and I love him on the back of the bike with little kid buddy and I just looking at his face so happy where you can tell without knowing the major layers of him being a father that that scene alone is like a silent layer where we get to see how he got to be a great father to buddy but knowing that we know that buddy is very loud and he's very energetic that it must have taken a hell of a lot of patience on his part to have to bring Buddy back down to earth and to have a lot of patience for him and to know where his heart is at. You know, like the, the father-son relationship without having to see more of the father-son relationship. It's great storytelling. And the way that Bob Newhart and Will Ferrell work off of each other to make this, it's, it's the one thing that I love about this movie that does make me give it some slack. But now that I've talked about the guy who raised the elf, it's about time to talk about the elf itself, and that is Will Ferrell. So I mentioned earlier that Will Ferrell was not a comedian that was present in my household. And as I got older, I had to sort of take away the stigma that I was told about him being this annoying comedian. It's like, well, he's doing something for some other people. Let me see what he's all about. 
And I could definitely see where he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I still have so much respect for, like, what he does as a comedian. Like, there's a reason why people do keep coming back to Will Ferrell for the performances that he does. Even though a majority of it is just him screaming, like in Step Brothers, Anchorman, Old School, so many things. Like, I'm surprised the guy has a voice afterwards. But I really respect what he did for Elf, especially when I found out what he had to do to play Buddy the Elf between getting into this, like, really happy mindset to be that annoying person you hate at Christmas, but you also kind of admire that they have this endless amount of positivity and enthusiasm, and that's Buddy the Elf. You don't see many characters that are very enthusiastic, but you see the layers of their enthusiasm, and that you kind of give a bit of a pass to know, okay, well, they don't know how they are in for a rude awakening, but you do love their enthusiasm. But the fact that Will Ferrell had to eat the syrup spaghetti, oh, oh, man, I, you couldn't pay me to do that. And the fact that he had to keep eating that sugary concoction, it gave him a headache and it made him physically ill from that amount of food that definitely should not be together. That did become one of the sole reasons why he dismissed the idea of an elf, too. He was offered $23 million to come back to play Buddy the Elf for a sequel. And he just said, I can't do it. That was so much sugar. I can't do it again. The fact that he would reject a sequel with that much money over his health, I got respect for that. Absolutely. As much as I know that there are some actors that can go above and beyond, but to take care of yourself and your mental health to know what would be in store for you, it's a good decision. I'm glad that he did that. But at the same time, what could you do more in Elf 2? They wrapped it up pretty good. You don't have to go into details about how he's going to raise his daughter out in the North Pole because I think that's what happened with the Santa Claus movies and we know how well that went. It was just a short simple spastic story it didn't need any more and he knew that there's a very good line from my favorite movie critiquer that i've talked about many times on here named dog walker when he reviewed elf last year and this has kind of stayed with me anytime i think about elf is that when you're Younger, you have a mentality like Buddy the Elf. But when you're older, you start to emanate more like James Caan. And I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. I thought about that with myself, where a lot of people that know me in real life know that I do like Christmas to give gifts. And I love being a part of like certain celebrations and getting to see a big Christmas tree. But I also have my downtime where I'm not too heavily involved with Christmas and I'm just going to go be in my bubble. And it's nice that you can look at a film like Elf and relate to the different personalities of all these characters and feel very validated with the way that Elf has aged in a way that you emanate more to James Caan's character. And before it was, oh, you're going to relate to the stick in the mud that doesn't like Christmas. Like, well, Christmas ain't for everybody. Christmas can be a tough time for some people and people celebrate Christmas in their own ways. It's hard to be so enthusiastic for Christmas. 
to reach the Buddy the Elf levels is like a dangerous level of enthusiasm that can really damper someone. Not everyone can take that kind of enthusiasm. I myself, I, I, I reach a certain limit of my own extroverted introvertness where I can't do so much enthusiasm. So looking at James Caan, it's, it's like a nice little palate cleanser in the film. But to talk a little bit more about James Caan, you know, it, it, uh, I have to admit, it does make me a little bit sad looking at this film with his passing. James Caan was a presence with the way that he played such dramatic characters. So to see him still bringing that dramatic level into this movie, it makes you wonder, like, did James Caan just, like, wander in the wrong movie and just watching him just go, what the fuck am I doing here? Between Bob Newhart and him, like, he's another guy that does make the movie for me. But there's a, there's a wonderful piece of trivia that I learned about him when he was doing this film. Uh, during the huge, climactic argument when, uh, when James Caan's character just says, you know, Get out of here! I don't want you in my life! And... You know, Buddy walks away sadly, and before that scene came up, the director, John Favreau, went to his ear and whispered something, and people were like, what the fuck did he whisper? And the director said, I told him, you are Sonny fucking Corleone. We got some godfather in Elf. How about that shit? That's what was going on. We went from Elf to Godfather so quickly. I, I love that John Favreau chose a character that has been played before, but to emanate that same amount of emotion that he, that James Caan brought to playing Sonny Corleone and doing that for Elf, like that was that was needed and necessary, and it really like elevates the scene. If it was anyone other than Will Ferrell or James Caan or Bob Newhart or Zoe Deschanel or Mary Streenburgen, I think I got her name right, or even the kid that plays Michael, whose name I keep forgetting. I don't know if this film would work. Like, obviously, I've mentioned that it's not a film that I will run to stream every year, but I respect it enough and I really respect that they got people that suit these characters. I couldn't see Buddy the Elf being played by someone else. I'm sure there would be someone else to fit the shoes that has the same energy, but Will Ferrell makes that character. People will always associate Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. Same thing with James Caan being known for so many different things, but they also squeeze in Elf at the same time. And the life that this movie has taken off with. It amazes me every year that there are people that will still find a way to keep this movie alive. And I I love it for so many people. I might not love the film, but to see people dress up every year for Christmas as Buddy the Elf and do the same things that Buddy did in the movie, like the famous escalator scene that now so many people do. I mean, people have done that already. I know kids have done that, but now you have a grown man doing that at an escalator and it kind of makes people get their childlike spirit back and they do that in public and you get a good kick out of of the ones that love Elf so much to do that in certain public spaces to kind of make the joy go from the screen to 
being in this season of any social event going on for Christmas. It's quite lovely. But segueing back to what I mentioned earlier about how everyone is perfect for this role, there was an idea about who almost was Buddy the Elf. Someone that was going to carry on the role. That terrible joke is the only one I could think of to talk about how Jim Carrey was almost Buddy the Elf, but Jim Carrey had already had his Christmas fix after playing the Grinch from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. But I could have seen that. I truly could have. But when you run into playing so many characters around a certain holiday, you start to be typecasted, and I think Jim Carrey probably would have been typecasted as Christmas characters at that point to play a famous Christmas curmudgeon and then play a favorite Christmas enthusiastic elf. Like, that just would have been a lot. Will Ferrell hadn't really had a lot of movies at that point. And even though, even if he didn't play Buddy the Elf, he still would have found something that shot him to stardom. Like, one way or another, Will Ferrell was going to be on your screens to go from TV to movies, but still, Buddy the Elf will always be Will Ferrell. But as much as Will Ferrell does bring Buddy the Elf to life and John Favreau's direction of this film really pushes everything forward, you know, this is the guy that would eventually make Iron Man, but the real hero is a guy named David Berenbaum. David Berenbaum has worked on a few selected projects the past 20 years, but they are familiar projects that I was very surprised to find out that he was the writer for. From the Spiderwick Chronicles, Zoom, The Haunted Mansion. That dude was busy in 2003. But Elf has been a mainstayer and, let's face it, the most popular thing he's ever done. He also did reprise Elf for a, um, a little special called Elf Buddies Musical Christmas, where they did not get the original cast back together, but they did say, hey, how would you like to bring Elf back? And he's like, absolutely, I want to bring Elf back. And he worked on that. He also had a small part to play in the film as the office co-worker. I don't know where because it's a giant fucking office, but I'm sure you can find him somewhere in there. But it is nice that the writer got to have a role in the story that he wrote. But there is one more thing I want to share about this writer before I end the episode. I just happened to read this. He was originally at the helm to write the sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. That's pretty impressive. Now, I don't know if many people are aware of that. I don't mean to transition out of the Christmas episode, but the sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire has been discussed on how that was going to work. And unfortunately, we all know it's not going to work because there's no Robin Williams. But that is interesting to know that the guy who wrote Elf was going to be responsible for writing that sequel. And seeing the way that Elf came together, and you see the way Mrs. Doubtfire came together... If they want to do it, I don't think it would ever happen, but if it did, it's nice to know that's in good hands that knows how to write a good family comedy. Well, that was a very interesting note to end the episode on. Wow, I, I'm going to have to tell all my friends about that if they haven't already listened to this episode. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Well, I've 
heavily mention that Elf is not my favorite film. It's not really a Christmas film that I gravitate towards, but I do like it for a few minutes, and I do enjoy those few minutes. I enjoy Bob Newhart. I enjoy James Caan. I even enjoy some of the wonderful, beautiful enthusiasm that Will Ferrell brings, and it's just a certain brand of enthusiasm that doesn't exist anywhere but Will Ferrell. Everything is its own picture-perfect way for some people, and I'm glad that it works for those specific people that love Elf, and I'm glad that there are some things that are enjoyable for people like me that, that they might not like the entire film, but they found something out of it. And a film is doing something right if you don't love everything about it, but you love some things about it. And that's Elf in a nutshell. Well, that is a wrap on the third episode for the Christmas series. We have one more episode to go before Christmas is here. And I think the next episode is supposed to fall, I think, right on Christmas... Um, um, yeah, it's it's going to fall right on Christmas Eve. How about that? Y'all going to be having a, a Christmas episode on Christmas Eve. Wow. Cool. Sweet deal, Burrito. Well, let's find out what the next episode and the last episode is going to be for the Christmas series. So here we go. Let me mix this up. This is, this is going to be intense. I wonder what it's going to boil down to. Let's see here. All right. What are you? Show me your secrets. Of course it had to end on this. It makes so much sense. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Y'all have no idea how much, like, the irony is killing me for what this is going to be. So I should just stop stalling and just tell you what the next episode is going to be. And that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Wow. We're getting a lot of classics in this Christmas series, and I like it. It's given me some good variety, and I'm here for it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate the ones that take the time out of their day to listen to my show and all my ramblings and my Will Ferrell-esque yelling that I do. <laughs> but if you'd like to catch up with me in between uploads, you can find me on my Instagram at the Queen of the Screen. If you would like to shoot me some more recommendations for the show if you want to talk about what you loved about elf or what you hated about elf i am all ears for that conversation if you would like to see the funny stuff i post up on tiktok you can find me at the mystical space switch and if you're interested in the book series that i wrote called inglorious inc you can find that in the description box Alrighty, this is your podcast elf signing off you all take care now stay amazing and happy holidays Bye bye